part of you looks back at that strategy that you used to get yourself going, bullying yourself, mm -hmm. and you go, good job. And then what happens? The mind craves simplicity. It's going to use thoughts that have already been thought, already been thought because they're cheaper. They're less expensive. Over 20% of your caloric intake is managing the brain. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, your nurturing warrior guide through the darkness. This is episode 111, How to Heal Childhood Trauma Through Shadow Work with Stephen Tuhig. Just a reminder, this episode is for educational purposes only, and it is not a substitute for professional therapy. If you're enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe and rate and review this podcast. I myself, just as the Hindu goddess Kali and Mesopotamian goddess Inanna, have walked through the darkness, died to myself and ego, and ascended to connect with my true, authentic self. Part of that healing journey, I truly benefited from talk therapy. This is why I specifically chose, out of all the sponsors out there, BetterHelp. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, and BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. It allows you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. With a broad range of expertise and BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network, it will give you access to help that you need that may not be available in your area. Finding a therapist is easy. Just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Everything you share is completely confidential in therapy. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash empath. That's betterhelp.com forward slash E-M-P-A-T-H. And the link is in the show notes. Claim all the offerings and transformational workshops that we offer in our studio in the link in the show notes as well at ravenscott.show forward slash shop. We've all been there before, whether it was a childhood experience or something more recent. We know how painful it can be to deal with past traumas. But if you're stuck in an abusive relationship, it can feel impossible to heal from the pain. Shadow work is a powerful tool that can help people overcome emotional wounds and move forward in life. It involves working on healing old hurts by looking at the parts of yourself that were damaged during the abuse. In this episode, our guest, Steve Tuhig, will show you how to use shadow work to help you heal trauma from narcissism. If you're dealing with narcissistic abuse, you might find it difficult to trust anyone again. You might also struggle with feelings of worthlessness and unlovability. This can make it hard to form healthy relationships. But there is hope and there is a path out of this darkness and this lack of trust and this uncertainty. Step by step through the dark, we will lead you to see your light and to see the beauty and joy on the other side. 
Our guest shares with us what is shadow work and myths and misconceptions about it. And we also talk about how he uncovered his narcissistic tendencies and healed them. And also how the collective can unnumb from our empath abilities. This was a powerful conversation. I do remember just having a lot of aha moments and mind-blowing moments. So I am looking forward to sharing this episode with you, dear empath. Stephen Tuhig is the founder of Mastering Change, and he has committed himself to mastering the art of transformation. While seeking to heal from trauma inflicted while he was just a toddler, Stephen was introduced to the practice of shadow work in April of 2000 leading to a lifelong study in what he believes is the path to enlightenment. Stephen spent a decade working for and studying under the world-leading business and life strategist Tony Robbins. He wanted to blend shadow work with business strategy, integration, and implementation. Tony commissioned him to interview over 10,000 business leaders worldwide to determine what made them successful and help thousands transform their businesses to be more productive and strategic. Currently, he is studying the impact of shadow work on psychedelic integration. He focuses on bridging the gap between traditional plant medicine and Western mind, intending to bring the insights and innovation that plant medicine provides to everyone who wants more out of their lives. He is an international speaker and has traveled worldwide teaching a blend of strategy, shadow work, and spirituality. He has extensive study in mindfulness, mindset, business optimization, shadow work, and facilitation neurolinguistic programming, and hypnotherapy, group dynamics, peak performance, and unconscious communication. Through this work, he has formulated a specific framework for understanding the human experience and is currently training other guides to spread the practice. And without further ado, let's get into the conversation. Thank you for being here, Steve. Thank you for having me, Raymond. I'm so excited to talk about this. This is really the root, the root of why we are in this pain cycle with the narcissist and why our romantic relationships keep ending up being a push and pull and an abusive situation with narcissists. So I can't wait to dive into how to heal childhood trauma. But before we get into that, I wanted to hear a bit about you and what your childhood story and your backstory, if we could start with that. Yeah, I suppose I should start off, Raven. Many times I will tell people that I'm a recovering narcissist. And I believe that at the root of narcissism is trauma, is pain, is suffering. But when those of us that have been traumatized by narcissism, the problem is there's some part of us that's, it's like we're fitting together like pieces of a puzzle. Most people get into relationships not because of the things they want. They get into relationships for their limitations. I need somebody to take care of me in this area. So I unconsciously build that and now I'm coming to the relationship to take because mm-hmm. I'm looking for it to complete. The Jerry Maguire, if I hear, I used to love Jerry Maguire, but that lie, you complete me. Yeah. That right there is the, is, it's been perpetual. It's the twin flame mythology. We believe somehow I need something outside of myself to complete me. So then I start looking for something out here to complete me. And what's out here is way less than what's in here. What's in here is I can think more things can happen in my head than could ever that could go wrong. They could ever go wrong out here. More things that could go right in my head that can never go in here. What's in here is way bigger than what's out there. And that's yeah. because the solution is in here. It's not out there. And so when I'm looking out there for the solution, I find that narcissist at some level, my shadow is calling out to their shadow. And we come together. When I was three years old, 
I'd like, wait, can I just pause you for a second? Because I love that you just said that. It's a really hard pill to swallow. And it took me about 10 years to even realize less than that. But like maybe five years, I realized, ooh, doing stuff to my current partner. And he's being very patient that my past partner was doing to me. I just, he just didn't put up with it. So he just put up a wall with my toxic. It would just go into this really horrible, toxic argument. So yeah, it's like, Digging into the shadow and being able to recognize that there is a piece of you that is a narcissistic tendencies not to label yourself a narcissist, right? People always question like, am I the narcissist? Because that's typically their game too. But just to recognize that it's in your shadow and if you're already asking, then you can heal it. So go on with your story. That was And the reason that a narcissist will leverage that is because a half truth is more dangerous than a full on lie. Mm-hmm. You're being a narcissist. Of course I am. All suffering comes from three things. Less, lost, never. All suffering mm-hmm. is selfish in its intent. Of course I'm being narcissistic. Of course I am. That's And so because they're pointing at that, it then leaves the door open for me to sink down back into my, for me, it's shame. Hey, empath. Just wanted to take a quick break and read to you an excerpt from my book. I always believed I wasn't worthy of love because of this betrayal. She locked in my loser status and I truly believed I was ugly and no one would love me. An excerpt from my book. Grab my book or listen to it on Audible. It's called Empath and the Narcissist. It's a healing guide on how to overcome narcissistic abuse, recover from PTSD, codependency, and gaslighting manipulation. And so every aspect right now in your life where you feel stagnant, where you feel like it doesn't work, create a new idea. Create a new idea that is more in alignment with your highest excitement, your higher heart chakra, right? Really listen to your heart and the higher heart. Ask your higher self for guidance and ask your higher self to show you the timeline that excites you more. Do you feel like there is something more to life or have a deep longing for meaningful and authentic relationships? That is your soul calling you to activate and awaken to your divine purpose. Rumi says, the desire to know your own soul will end all other desires. March 2023 and the first half of the year is not going to be easy. Now is the time to claim your soul's identity, step into upgrading your vibration and connecting to your highest self through the Soul Integration Masterclass. You will receive the 2023 Astrology Forecast, along with Magic Kathy's bonus, DNA activation and cheat codes to the Mirrorverse, and a 30-page workbook to guide you through the masterclass, plus spiritual practices, meditations, and rituals to integrate your soul into this body with Raven Scott. Claim your soul integration masterclass now for only $223 before November 23rd. Now back to the show. Mm. I'm not going to be good enough. Nobody's going to love me. And if you really knew me, you'd leave me. Like you wouldn't have me on this podcast if you knew how messed up I really am. Well, it's, it's a lie. But we all lie. I, my, 
work with ayahuasca, Mother Aya, second ceremony, all the way down, she said, all the way down to the very core of it, it's all story, all the way down to the very gaze of God. And it's all story. The problem is it's a necessary story. You're not really seeing the color red. You're not really seeing white. Like what you see and what I see aren't the same thing. And you're not really seeing it. Your eye is converting it into dots and dashes and then restructuring it inside the mind. It's, re- it's taking that dot and dash and converting it into thought. And so that's what's happening. But that thought is then filtered through all of the stories and all the meaning that I've made up of my world. And when I make up the meaning, that once I've made a meaning, the mind wants to take meaning. That's what the mind is built to make meaning. Like that's a design. In the very core of it, if you look at who we are as humans, we are, we are walking trees. Our fruit is meaning. That's what we build is we build meaning. And we, when we look out here in the material world, what we're really seeing is just meaning that's already been made. It's thoughts that have been thunk at such a deep level by so many people that it was created out here in the real world. That's what really go all the way down in the very quantum physics of it and what is material world, but we won't go there. We'll just stick at the very basics of it. I make meaning and then my mind wants to take that meaning, that thought that's already thunk, and it wants to make it automated. Because thoughts that have already thunk are like building blocks that I can use to stand on to make different meaning on top of that meaning. Layers and layers of condensed, we call it the default mode network. I take this meaning and I zip it into a zip file and then I take that zip file and I put it back here. And then anything out here, again, the mind seems songs. If I go, if you're just sitting there, you're not thinking about it. And then all of a sudden in your reality, da, 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 da. it just happened and your mind completed that song, didn't it? You're, you, as soon as that happens. So if I come by, if for me, when I was three years old, I was trapped in the basement by my step monster. She beat me. She starved me. She pulled my hair out. Like it was torture for mm-hmm. a length of time. And so the mind at that, that far down, that far back there, the meaning that you're trapped in a basement. Now I'm 40 years old, 50 years old, and I'm no longer in that basement. I'm talking to my wife about what we're going to have for dinner. How come I'm always got to pick? Notice rooted in that trapped, rooted in that coming out of the, in my mind, it was like, I'm, she's trying to trap. Why are you trying to trap me in this basement? Mm-hmm. My entire existence, I was, I've, by default, navigated through that trauma because it's either I'm trapped or I'm not. Now, the problem is that's survival-based thinking. 3.5 million years, we've been survival-based, the mind. The National Science Foundation suggests that 95% of our thoughts are repetitive. Like, just go into your day and look at the past week, past month, past year. Isn't it true that you're thinking the same thoughts you've been thinking? They've just changed flavor. Same thing. Same, same, same thought, different frequency, different, it might be dressed different, but it's the same concept, the same meaning that's been made. Well, they also suggest, mm-hmm. they, they suggest 95% of them are repetitive, but 80% of your thoughts at a minimum are negative. Attack thoughts, awfulizing, negative biases, 24 cognitive biases that the mind deals with to try to make meaning in this outside world. And they're rooted in just navigating this formless void that we found ourselves in. And the problem is most of us have been hobbled before we even knew we could walk. So I'm not going to let you anywhere near that pain. And not only am I not going to get you near that pain, I'm going to keep that pain behind me. And then it's going to come out of me. And I'm going to project on you that you're trying to trap me. And then I'm going to react out of that. And when I react out of that, the way that you filter it in your mind as it's coming into you, you have to filter it through all of your looking glass and all through all your beliefs. So by the time it gets in here, it doesn't look like a little boy trapped in a basement. It looks like a man screaming at his wife, a man, this, right. that, or the other. It looks completely different on this side because you're not seeing the three-year-old little boy trapped in the basement. 
because that's not who you're looking at. Yeah. It's tricky because us empaths can actually sometimes see through and see that little boy trapped. And then we put up with it because we feel bad and we think we can fix them and we have deep empathy for this little boy. But most cases with the abusive situations, if the narcissist isn't willing to go to therapy or work or just look at themselves and take responsibility, then you now are trapped in the basement with them. But like they've pulled you down. I think we're all empaths at some level. The mm -hmm. problem is that most people aren't conscious of it. And so then I'm not conscious that I'm feeling somebody else's feelings. Now I'm feeling a feeling that I think is my feeling, but it's not my feeling, it's theirs. And so now that I've got this charge in my body, this emotion in my body, which is one of our influence points, the mind then has to make meaning because that's what it's designed for. So I'm feeling something and then the mind goes, what does that mean? And I look through the lens of that pain to try to find where it's at and I'm always going to find something. What's wrong is always available. So I'm looking through this meaning. And now, so what happens is I see the little boy, yeah, and then I don't see the little boys getting it. I go, oh, that's because I'm not good enough. He's mm -hmm. not seeing. Now is the unconscious empath that I can be. The root word for human being in Arabic is to forget. Not that I've learned this and now I operate. But no, I'm just as blind. I go blind and I run into stuff and I go, oh, that's right. That's not my, that's not my emotion. That's their emotion. That's not for me. That's for them. I'm able to separate my work from their work. I still go to sleep at the wheel 22 years. I've been doing this work. I'm still asleep at the wheel, but I'm waking up more and more every day. I have to remind myself and give myself permission to go, wait a minute. Am I First, I have to start off with what is the root? Am I coming from fear or am I coming from love? Am I focused on the circumstance? Am I, I have to navigate. I have to learn because what it is I'm blind. I call it a dark night of the soul, a D-knot. Mm -hmm. And when I'm trapped in a D-knot, I have to learn to navigate from something other than external. Because even though, if he's in shadow, here's the deeper, here's the deeper pill. Raven, if mm -hmm. that narcissist is in shadow, then what is the likelihood that I'm in shadow? Right. At some level, but my narcissist is internal. So it's like a model when you see the babies with the models. If you're seeing that, you're probably seeing this. Probably. Mm -hmm. Not always, but probably. Because the relationships with relationships do, they balance each other out. It's a chemical reaction and I'm trying to compensate. And so what it allows me to do when I see them trigger me I see them trigger. I'm like, okay, what's going on in me? What's going on in me? And why have I found myself in this situation to where I've come into contact with this person that's incapable? They're taking. All they do is take. Narcissistic. Yeah. Takes. And allow that, right? It's like when you're in light and when you are strong and you're not operating out of your shadow, there's really no trigger and there's also no room to put up with it. You're like, okay, bye. Like, no big deal. Yep. But when yep. you're in that shadow, you get sucked in. Maybe I need to do better. Like, depending on your upbringing, right? Maybe I need to love them more. Maybe I need to do this. And that's exactly what they tell you. And then you believe it because you're thinking the same thing. And so your shadow is playing with their shadow and it's making this. What I'll do is we'll do, I do multiple pieces of work when I'm working with people and I'm working on their shadow. One of the pieces when we're doing shadow integration is we'll do this. Uh, we do a shadow integration group. We call it an I group. And in that I group, we'll do a process where we'll dive them down in and they'll see that part of them that's wounded. And once they see the part of them that's wounded and we find, we help them close the circuitry in it to where they can see, oh, I'm looking out here for this, to try to solve this wound in here. Once they see that, they're able to actually see where they're holding on and do their own healing. All of a sudden they'll find themselves in the space with this narcissist who was unconscious. I believe the first law of shadow integration is that we lie to ourselves first. Like when you're working on your shadow, you have to understand we lie to ourselves first. The narcissist doesn't know they're a narcissist. Yeah. 
They they think they're being altruistic. In their minds, it all lines up. We think they're lying to us. Right. They're not lying to you. They think they they believe the thing that many times they believe that thing that they're telling you. Not always, but many times. And they're lying and so to it's, you. Yeah. And so we've got to go in. And now that I've gone in and I've worked on that piece, all of a sudden you'll see them unconsciously push that button to try to trigger me. Because and now they've done that work that they push that button, it doesn't work. I was mm-hmm. uh, when I'm talking when we work with a client, I was I'm watching your life for the narcissists. Because those narcissists will push that button and, you, and, you, and you'll notice it because it won't hit you anymore because you'll get underneath it. You'll go, oh, that's why I keep, oh, I'm doing this because of that. Because, of, yes, and for a while that default mode network cracks open and then they push that button and you'll see them sit back and all of a sudden go, you'll see them kind of come awake and they'll hit the button a couple of times. They might even tap it a couple of times. You know, you something's working. Yeah. Something's <laughs> working because that button's not triggering me anymore. And you're noticing who's asleep at the wheel. All you people are taking, aren't you? You're all a bunch of narcissists. I'm not saying not to be around narcissists from not from a, not, I'm not, again, I'm not a therapist. I'm not, I don't have the ability to label anybody. I don't have any labels. I don't have any answers. I just got a bunch of questions. Yeah. Yeah. It's. If you've read any book like Witiko, if you have a W-I-T-I-K-O called the mind virus this mind virus has been stuck in the western mind for quite a while this narcissistic narcissistic selfishness that we as a society have been a virus that's been programmed in the mind for me so when you say where are you focused notice where you're focused on and more than noticing that noticing the flavor of it you see it all the time you see uh you stop the stoplight the guy in front of you the light turns green then turns yellow and turns red and you just start screaming at your windshield as if mm-hmm. somehow that guy's going, oh, man, no, you don't hear people screaming at you in their windshield. Why would they hear you? But here you are and noticing that. And what yeah. is the expectation? What do you think is happening? Are they victimizing you? Are they perpetrating you? Are they, like, are they holding you back? Are they pushing you forward? What is the feeling when you go into the focus of it? You want to look for the pattern. Because, again, 95% of your thoughts, you're thinking that everybody's out to get you. Yes, but specifically, because if you miss by an inch, you miss by a mile. We want to know what you're holding on to. What is the frame of that you're, that, that suffering, that that focus? Because our, wherever our consciousness will take on the, the shape of whatever container I put it in. So if I'm focused on pain, guess mm-hmm. what I'm going to get? Yeah, everyone's pain. out to get you. Yeah. How could I not? Because my mind is, I come into the room, belief enters the room before I do. And since it's coming into the room, looking for that. I was always finding somebody that was trying to trap me in the basement, metaphorically mm-hmm. speaking. I didn't know that because I didn't know there was part of me still trapped in the basement right. until I started doing this work and uh, digging in deeper and deeper. And finally, and you get to this point when you're doing this work where, oh, that I'm working with people in the business. I'm working with people, that, whether it be psychedelics, whether it be addiction, whether it be homeless, whether it be your multi-billion dollar business owner, like it all boils down to what I think is going on and what's really going on. Yeah. Yeah. Our minds and our thoughts are powerful and they create our reality. hundred yeah. percent. And it's, it sounds really when you say that, but it's not as woo as you think it is. It's very practical and it's more woo than you could ever imagine. It's a both and. Yeah. And I've ran from that for so long that I finally, I finally been able to set that down. I finally be able to say, look, this is what I do. I, we go past the mind. And we're going to touch you. We go to right down to the very gaze of God. That's what we're looking for. Because when Carl Jung said it best, he said, when you go past the mind, you go past the problem and you reach something spiritual, what he called the numinous, which is mm-hmm. that it's a technical term for saying the spiritual. 
because there's mm-hmm. so many loaded. You talk about God, there's so many loaded. The numinous. When I go, when I reach into the numinous, the problem in and of itself becomes numinous. And what he's saying there without saying is that your suffering is sacred. What that means is when I go into the places where I feel constricted so that you can connect with this part of you, your axis mundi, so that you can navigate your world from here. Because, you know, Raven, you are the center of your universe. Again, you look at those emotions. When you really see, as you see, I think there's three, but I can grab onto right now. I can grab onto two. We have the expansive thoughts, love, curiosity, joy, bewilderment. Like those are all, they take my consciousness and they, I can now see more. Oh, look at that. I'm in love. Look at the trees. Look at the flowers. But if you're angry, it takes your conscious like a camera lens. And all you can think of is that stuff that makes you angry. Uh, If you're scared, all you can think of, it's a focus. It focuses your consciousness in. So it's like looking for when I find myself focused in and stepping back and going, what's going on in here? We're taught not to do that. We're taught to solve that throughout here. Go buy yourself a new car. Go buy yourself a new home. Take this pill. Do this, do that. And instead of doing that, go in and go, wait a minute. What is the nature? What is the purpose? What is the flavor of my suffering? Give myself permission to sit in my suffering. And what I find is God. There's something in there because I go, wow. I, we call it the weekend of wow. We have these weekends we put on. You go to shadowceremony.com. There's these weekends that we put on where we go dive down into the very core of the shadow. Like mm-hmm. we're talking, it's amazing what comes up there. And we're going through that to get to, into the numinous, that what we call it this, your sacred well, so that you can connect with this part of you, your axis mundi, so that you can navigate your world from here. Because, you know, Raven, you are the center of your universe. Like the story of you is the story you're telling. You don't know any of the software that is the mind doesn't know any story other than the one it's telling right now, which is Raven. You're in that. You don't know the story that I'm telling is Steven. Com- two completely different. And I think it would, I think it really, when you want to see God, these two completely different stories and somehow even in like what we call it shadow boxing, they just line up and somehow it's my reality looks real. Your reality looks real. And together the two comes together and they form this and they just line up. Beautiful. Very cool. That's beautiful. Yeah, and a lot of people are afraid. Like they hear the word shadow or they hear the word ego or shadow works like die to the ego. Ooh, don't. Which I think our society pushes, like avoid all of your uncomfortable feelings. So can you speak to how do you push through that fear of, ooh, shadow work? No thanks. Yeah. Shadow work is at the first step, I believe, and this is where I start to deviate from my teachers. We're in doing this work now for 22 years. And I don't think that shadow work is just about the part, the painful parts. So let me show it to you another way. Think about those times in your life, Raven, where you bullied yourself and it worked. Come on, girl, get up. You got to get this. You don't want these people to see you that way, do you? You got to get up. Let's go. And you bully yourself Mm -hmm. and it works. What do you do once you get done with that difficult task that you bullied yourself into? What's the first thing that you're trained to do? Give yourself a little attaboy. Great job, Raven. Great job. And some part of you go, some part of you looks back at that strategy that you use to get yourself going, bullying yourself mm-hmm. and you go, good job. And then what happens? The mind craves simplicity. It's going to use thoughts that have already been thought, already been thunk because they're cheaper. They're less expensive. Over 20% of your caloric intake is managing the brain. The th- the, just, so it wants to conserve energy. Thoughts that have thunk are cheaper than thoughts that have to be think. So we're going <laughs> to thought. So if I have a system where I bullied myself and it worked and you said, good job, Raven. The mind goes, oh, she loved that. Use that everywhere. You know that one problem where she sits at three o'clock in the morning, she shames herself? Load that problem, load that software, that algorithm there as well. 
So first off, all the people at home, I am now done with the bully with Tico. I'm done. We're going to shut that door, right? We're going to shut that door in our minds. And where we're going to start is not only when we're bullying ourselves, when we're shaming ourselves, but look at where you bully yourself and it works and see the insanity. First off, it's like wiping before you poop. You, you're yeah. still, you're going to stink. You're going to have a rash. And at the end of the day, nobody's going to hang around you, right? Because you're bullying yourself and you're getting what you want. How are you getting there? So when you get to that place where you're fine, you catch yourself. We got the root word for human being is to forget. When you remember and you're in that, you hear that in theater, I call it in the now, in the subjective experience of your story, you hear in your head, like right now, if you're listening, just go, hello. Again, say hello in your mind. Yeah, somebody's up there and they're talking to you and that person mm -hmm. never shuts up. And many times that person is a bully. Mm -hmm. And when it works and we tell ourselves it works, then we go use it in areas that we know we're struggling in. And that's the, we're going to stop doing that. We're going to stop the bullying right here. This is my mission. If, I, if you don't ever get anything from me, don't do that anymore. Because when you do that over there, it gives you permission to do it when you don't want, when, you're not, when it's not going to work. And that's when we're suffering, when we can see the suffering. So you see that it's working over here. That's shadow as well. That's shadow yeah. as well, but it works. And we give ourselves permission, yeah. especially in today's world, because we're in striver driver. And so when we accomplish like that, we go, oh, that worked. Oh, goody. And so that's why you see these successful people taking themselves because they bullied themselves all the way down the road. And now they got down to the end of the road and they're successful and they still don't feel as though they've reached. Can't tell you the number of business mm -hmm. leaders that I've talked to that are successful that are miserable. This is one of those and, reasons. Let's shut that and door. And I would say I absolutely did bully myself all the time in the past. And especially before I met my narcissist, it was like all this whole like childhood culture of like black or white, heaven and hell, all this stuff. Has, yeah, you bully, bully. And so when you do it to yourself and it works, you're right. Then it's okay for the other person to do it to you because you do it yes. to yourself. Yes. And at some level, we could see that as a form of love. Mm -hmm. We could mistake it because the mind is mm -hmm. looking for patterns. If I told you to look around the room right now and find the color red, you'd make pink red. Justified. And if it worked and you gave yourself an attaboy, at some level, you told yourself it was a good thing to be bullied. And now you're leaning into the bully. And if you've been lived with a narcissist, if you've been programmed by a narcissist, is they're leaving all of those wounds wide open so they could just come back at any time and press that wound. Mm -hmm. And boom, you're triggered. And boom, you're triggered. The key is not to, it's to confront the narcissist. I think that needs to happen. Wake up. You need to do your work. But more importantly, let's do our work. Let's deal with the buttons. Because if I can deal with the buttons, now I'm in control. We've forgotten that we are the medicine, yeah. that I am the gift, that I am the one that I've been waiting for. And I think it's the narcissist and it's not. That narcissist is incapable of supporting me. In any, it's not their fault. And it's our responsibility that we are, I am my primary relationship. Nobody can take care of me, but me. I got to start with where I'm at. I'm inside this skin. I'm in this life. I have to serve myself first. If I can't serve myself, I can't serve you. This yeah. is a big one. It's get off the cross people. We need the wood. <laughs> like you're not helping anything by you doing that. You think you are. That's just, but that's what you've been programmed by the other narcissist and by this narcissistic society. That's the Wetiko virus coming. Lens from that virus. Yeah, because you do have, I, tell, I say that all the time. I Hopefully I say that all the time, you guys. Just let me know if you're tired of hearing it. But you have the power within you. You have the love within you, the power within you. You can say, 
I don't need to feel this anymore. I don't need to put up with this anymore. You can either draw a boundary. You can get gray rock. You can walk away. You can go no contact. You can literally block the number. It took me years after I left to block his number. I had zero reason to be in contact with him or his mother, but I just kept holding on to that little thread of control. I have to know what he's doing. So I can't. And what would that do for you? If you knew what he was doing and you were able to reach out for him, go below that Raven. What was that really going to give you? I don't know. All I can answer is that it just, I felt like I had some semblance of control over how to manage whatever malignant thing he would do, but which is insane because you can't control another person or manage what they do. But it just gave, gave me security. Like, oh, just in case I need to know. Yeah. It's almost, <laughs> it's like a safety blanket. And as when you come off these, I work with a lady nine years, her husband would beat her. And he would come home from work and we're talking in a position of power. These are people, this was a position of power this man was in mm -hmm. and people looked up to him and people asked him for support and like this, the position itself. And for nine years, she beat, he beat this woman and he would spray paint the C word on her walls and break all the windows, break all the silver, all the dishes, and then would make her lay down in bed beside him as the hate that she was not allowed to, she would process. And now we feel hate. And I'm not allowed to feel the hate because I'm told that the hate is bad. So then what right. do I have to, this energy, this energy is there. It's got to go somewhere. Where am I going to use it? I'm going to internalize it. I'm going to internalize it. I'm going to look for you to make sure I'm going to keep as far away, keep you as far away from that button as possible until I go in and look at that. Then I'm going to continually react to it. And now she's reprogramming herself. She's reprogramming herself so that these buttons no longer do the same things. So that she can come from love. And I think, and what I really think is it reminds me of, oh, what's that show with the coffee guy, Steve, Stephen King and the, the Green Mile. The Green Mile. If you've ever seen the Green Mile when that, uh, he's talking about what had happened. And the guy said, the guy broke into the house and he said, he grabbed one of the twins and he said, you come with me or I'll kill her. You say anything, I'll kill her. You say anything, I'll kill her. And, Frank, and coffee said he killed him with their love. I think this is what, unconsciously, I think this is what narcissists do. They find that piece that talk, that you talked about that I'm a three-year-old little boy and they kill you with, with, they kill you with your love. The very thing that is, and again, a half truth is more dangerous than a full on lie. Yes, they, that you love, but it's being able to love yourself first. And I have shadow that tells me that I'm unlovable. And yeah. so I have shadow that tells me that I'm lovable. All the narcissist in my life have to do is ping that unlovable shadow and then go into this other piece where I'm a three-year-old and then I'm going to give up any power that I have to this person to try to help them because I want to feel loved unconsciously yeah it always goes back to grabbing love from outside of yourself it's always in, in in all the work that i'm doing everything is about it's about letting go it's about mm -hmm. opening up it's about letting go of whatever story it is so that i can receive love because mm -hmm. when i take when i go to take like that like you said let's go in and look at it what i'm doing is i'm trying to get love from him it whatever it is people place yeah. things events and self right yeah, so i go to sure. get something from them and in that space, are you giving or are you taking? In your giving, in my giving, that what I was really doing was taking. So yeah. even that in and of itself, now we've entered into, now it's a symbiotic narcissistic relationship. Mm -hmm. And once I take, once I get to the point to where I have to take in the relationship, at that point, if I've got to take your love, Raven, am I really open to receive it? Not the real true, no. There's no way I could be. It's, it's <laughs> going to be like, It'll be like Chinese food. If you give me your love, if I take your love and now I walk away, there's a part of my mind, my risk manager is going to come online and what's he or she going to say? 
if it was real, you wouldn't have had to have taken it. That's what it's good. Everybody online listening is going to, that's like, exactly what would happen. And all yeah. of a sudden I've closed off, haven't I? So if I've got to take, there's no way that I'm going to be able to experience it. It's just not possible. The only way for me to experience love is by giving. And as, as empaths, we know this. In our core, we know this. The problem is we're not conscious of what we know. And so we have to unknow some things so that we can relearn again. The illiterate of our age is not going to be the person who can't read or write. It's the person that can't learn, unlearn, and then relearn again. And that's what we're doing with shadow integration. They call it, some people call it shadow work. It's, it's a lot of different terms for it. You go into every spiritual tradition, every religion. The Buddhists, you can pick up a book called Feeding Your Demon. They've been doing, there's a process, that it's a tactical process. For thousands of years, they've been doing this one kick for shadow work. We're working on the shadow and it's been, it's called feeding your demon. You actually feed yourself to your demon. And what you find out is that demon is there to serve you. It's there. It's there to, it's there to support you. The problem is it's, it, I've stopped listening to something. And so it comes online to protect me. It's protecting me for myself. And I don't know it cause I'm not listening cause I've typically got some other suffering that I'm managing. Yeah. And so it's yeah, like learning so to peel away those layers. Too. Yeah. So much information, so many things flying at us. At, the there's time. no time to but, stop and listen. No, the, they call it the velocity of change. If you mm -hmm. think about it, what's happened in a hundred years is now happening in 10. It's not to say that time is speeding up. It's the stuff that happens in time is more. What happened in a hundred years is happening in 10. What's happening in 10 years is now happening in one. Just yeah. think of COVID and everything, the riots, the Me Too movements, all that stuff happened just over, like we're just coming into another thing and those things, like this, the velocity of change is sped up. And so the mind is trying to compensate for that by, by making meaning faster, and by accessing deeper and deeper layers of meaning, because it's got to make a decision, you got to be able to, you got to be able to decide quickly. Otherwise, again, thank you, mind for these. Again, all it's all story all the way down to the gates of God. It's all a lie, but it's a necessary lie. It's an important lie. They're all yeah. important. Otherwise, I get hit by a bus. And I can't help but think like us humans are. It's like those time lapsed movies where you see like people going really fast through New York City or whatever. And then you like span out, you see the world spinning really slowly. It's like the earth has this happened before you guys. It's going to happen again. Like this just natural disasters, natural things, multiple stages. Well, of, if you, you know, think about it though, Raven, we're not, the earth isn't spinning that slowly. The earth is spinning through the universe at a thousand miles an hour right now. That's true. Although it I looks mean, it, slow. It looks, <laughs> Maybe it's well, because the mind the deletes distorts and generalizes it deletes mm. that in for some yeah. very you don't need to know that and for 3.5 million years it's been deleting and distorting and generalizing information because it's all about evolution like when yeah. you look at it, a tree has consciousness it breathes it moves you're not seeing a tree you're seeing a representation of a tree that for over 3.5 million years has made an imprint in consciousness so that we can survive the donald hoffman is a neuroscientist who's gone in and showed that our it's not the species that can take in the most information that will thrive. It's the species that can make, take in the least amount of information to make a decision. It's mm. like when you play a video game, you go around, you hit everything. No, you're going to go ding, like Super Mario Brothers. You ever play Super Mario? I'm right dating myself now. Super yes, Mario Brothers? Totally. Okay, we just, <laughs> we just totally dated ourselves. You, you go right, you know how to zip right through, don't you? It's like you zip right through, you know what, you're not even paying attention. This is evolution. This is looking at how the mind evolves. We've evolved to where you evolved to where you know exactly where to go. I don't need to pay attention to any of that. You know exactly what to do. 3.5 million years of that, we've gotten to where we're not seeing what's really going on. The problem is that's a fractal representation of what goes on inside. 
Then now I also do that in my mind as well. I push everything to the mechanical because everything is a fractal representation of everything. I push everything to the mechanical in my life as well. And I'm living out these stories. These Joseph Campbell called them hero's journeys. Mm. And there's this frame for the story that's been loaded in each and every one of you. If you're sitting and suffering right now, ask yourself, are you in the third act? Is there a story that you've ever heard that's been worth telling? Is there a story that you've ever watched that didn't have some dark night of the soul where that person went down into the very depths of pain and suffering and pulled out of themselves something that could have never come without going out into that dark night of the soul? Yes. Okay. What if that is you right now? And what is it that you're pulling out? What is the decision that needs to be made from this point in time? And what if you were to stand in your power and come from your axis, Mundi, the center of your universe is you and made a decision through you and not at you? See what that would change. Yeah. That will break the patterns. That will break those continuous. Well, that and integration. Right? And integration. Mm -hmm. That's why I've spent the last, I've been doing this integration thing, this implementation thing. I worked for Tony. I would see people, they would come through our program, 10 grand, they pay for this program, these successful business owners, and they just fail at it. Why were you not implementing? You told me this is what you needed to do. You knew this is what you would need to do, but you didn't do it. Why did you not do it? Well, and it basically it was, I was not putting one foot in front of the other. Integration yeah. is key. Insight without integration becomes a dream. You have to, it becomes insanity. I start to tell myself that's mm -hmm. not real because the mind wants to keep you just here. What the mind does is don't move left. Don't move right, stay right here because it knows that you're safe right here. And that's what it's built for is survival. I love that. One step at a time, taking those actions, whatever you need to do, you recognize yep. it, you understand it. Now take Absolutely. those steps. Start looking at getting job interviews or whatever you need to do to start getting your finances built up, to leave, start gathering all the evidence you need so that you can safely go to court and you have all the evidence. You, you don't need to say a word in the court and the narcissist can say all his lies. Whatever it is yep. that you need to do in this situation. Yeah. Yep. Oh, we're talking about breaking out of a prison. We're talking about where are you holding the key? Where are you? Because in reality, what you're going to find on the other side of it is that this is, you're going to find your power. Typically, this is when I'm working with people like this. Not always women, but Many times it's a, many times it's because we're still sitting in a male dominant world and women are still prey in our society. That means it's changing. Men are waking up. Keep hitting us on the tip of the nose when you can with the newspaper, ladies, please. We need to wake <laughs> up. But the, I'm not talking about the, I'm not talking about going into the toxicity. I'm talking about continue to support us as we wake up kind of thing. Right. But it's still a male dominated world and men are still preying on women. So a lot of times what you're seeing in these situations is that a fractal version, a very deep, dark version of that. Okay. When you get out of that, when you come out of that hole, why? Like, why am I stuck here? Maybe you're stuck here so that you can get out, so that you can help others do the same. Because when you get out of that, what I know, again, every movie, every story, go in your life and look and see if it's true. Raven, isn't it true that every difficult journey you've had to go through, and when you were going through it, it was like, I can't, I'm not good enough, I'm never going to be able to get this. And when you came through that D-knots, that dark night of the soul, that ordeal, something in you came alive. Something it came through you that is you, that is more you. It's, it's not that it wasn't you before, but more of you has woken up. You're more conscious now. You're more awake. You're more stable. It's go. The only way out is. The only way out is through. Yes. Yes. Yeah, another no, mother, I, I, mother Mary, Mother A, a, a lesson. <laughs> I love that. Another mother I a, a lesson. I absolutely have gone through many dark nights of the souls and yeah, thought that I should just 
end this now because there's really no end to the suffering. And then all of a sudden, look at me. I've got this podcast. I'm coaching. I've written a book. Like, what? Who? I would have never. More and more important than that, look at how many people, how many lives you've touched through walking out of that dark spot and how many people you've helped walk out of that dark spot. Now go back to the time that, that you back there that said I could give up. And those of you that are thinking of giving up, look at how on the other side of this, you're going to look back and you're, you're doing this. If nothing else, do it for the people you love. Because yeah. many times we will do something for somebody we love long before we do it for ourselves. Do it so that it can be done. Mm-hmm. Do it so that you don't have to sit back and suffer anymore. Do it because it's just because you've got the power in you and just to prove to yourself that you have the power in you. If nothing else, or to uh, if none of that, and you're still stuck in the insanity of loving and all the, because it's a, it's like a, it's like a pretzel. I I love him, but I hate him and I need to get away from him. He's toxic and like all that. If nothing else, do it because you love the narcissist. Because Mm -hmm. by you sitting in that hole and remaining being trapped, you're not helping them at all. You're not helping them at all. You're perpetuating more and they're in pain. They are probably in more pain than you could ever know. And it's not your job to take care of that pain. It's their job. And by you taking on their pain and by you allowing them to project their pain on you, what you're doing is you're keeping them in the, and I I don't want to, I don't want to victim shame here. That's not what I'm doing. I'm trying to say that I'm trying to get those people that are capable of seeing this little, this little nuance that if they, if allow themselves to stand up and no longer do that, then that person that's in that pain can start the journey. Yeah. They can't start the journey as long as they've got something else to project that pain on. And that's you. I love that. And um, again, I'm not I, a therapist. I'm not a guru. No, I'm not a co yeah. I'm not a counselor. That's not what I am. I'm a guy. That's not what I am. I don't have yeah. any answers. <laughs> no, no answers, but those lots of amazing wisdom. I would say yes. I left with the intention of going to therapy with my ex, thinking, okay, I can't, I'm done. I give up fixing him, but I know I have to change something. So maybe if I leave. And the stipulation is to continue to be with me. We need to go to therapy. And it's up to him. He can decide or not. And he definitely made his decision. <laughs> and yep. wallowed in his misery all by himself. I was done wallowing in his misery with him. I had now, my did, own now misery. Now, when he did that, did you see him? Did you see him when he did that? I'm just curious. When you were able to pull out of the hole that you had caught in, did yeah. you notice that he then spiraled down deeper into his hole? Yes. He super puffy. He relied on alcohol that I can, his mom thought he was doing drugs. I was like, I don't know. I'm not with him. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> she was really yep. concerned about him. Yeah. Yep. And the reason why is because he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that projection anymore to project that demon on. And so mm. it's becoming more, you're bringing him closer. I always tell people your bruise is your muse. Follow mm. the pain, follow your suffering. Because in your suffering, you will find your salvation. And by no longer giving him a punching bag, he's then got to take that punching where he really feels like he needs to take it, which is he's internally suffering. And not always. I don't know. Again, I have no dog in the hunt. That's not it. But what I've noticed is when I remove all of the outside, all the outside stimulus to project on my stuff, then all I'm left with is my stuff. Yeah. And it's like, you, how else am you going to help somebody wake up than to let them sit in their stuff? There's yeah, no other way like, to do it. You can't wake up unless you, ha- like you, we said earlier, going through it. So you have to let them go through it. Yep. Yep. The only way out of it. And so sometimes I think as an empath, part of the problem becomes is that when you're with a narcissist as an empath, it's like the only way out is through, but that's going to really be painful. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want them to go through that pain. 
And then we lean in and we, out of our love again, and what we're, what are we doing? We're robbing them from their experience. Yeah. We're robbing them for their lesson. The, have you ever heard the old set, the saying, the beatings will continue until the morale improves. It's haven't you noticed that every time we're in life, we're keep learning the same lessons over and over until those lessons are learned. And then we can move on to the next lesson. How do you know this isn't the lesson that he needs to learn? And how are you perpetuating him not learning that lesson by not allowing him to feel the full brunt of what it is he's going through? I'm not telling you to let, to divorce him by telling you not to do it. I don't have any answers for you. What I'm saying is look at your intent, what's underneath of it and really asking yourself, what is my intent here? And is it, I'm moving on to fear at any time I act on fear, as soon as I, if I'm focused on fear, again, consciousness takes on, I can tell you, if I'm focused on fear and I step over that thing I'm afraid of, guess what my mind's now looking for? The next thing that I'm afraid of. And many times us empaths that have been abused by narcissists, many times we look for other people to abuse us because it's comfortable. Better to deal with the demon than to raise the demon that you don't. And I would rather mm -hmm. be with this narcissist and be abused physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever the level of abuse is that you're experiencing. I would rather go through that abuse than to not have that abuse there and then have to deal with whatever's underneath my water. And now yeah. you're getting down into the selfish reason why I stay, I, mm -hmm. I'm going to speak with I statements, I stay mm -hmm. a victim because mm -hmm. better to deal with the demon that I know this person than to let go of that demon and then find another demon to come along, find another person to come along, do the same thing to me and go, see, I told you it wasn't them. It is me. I am mm -hmm. not good enough. Nobody does love me. I'm not lovable. For me, it was, I, again, my mom objected me by sending me with my dad, my stepmother, she abused me. And my mom found out, took me back. So then now I'm being stripped from my father because I want, I'm not okay with this woman. Just put me back in the closet, give me my daddy back. Mm -hmm. And now I'm feeling just rejected. And every time I walk into the room, I'm waiting. I'm assuming like the sun is going to come up tomorrow. Like just think for a minute, Raven, how certain you are that the sun is going to come up. How certain are you that the sun came up yesterday? 100%. Feel the, just feel it. How, how certain you are. The sun has never come up. It never came up yesterday. It won't come up tomorrow. You revolve around the sun, not the other way around. Now, and there are people listening to this right now. They're laughing much like I see that. Like, you're, it's, well, that's funny. Ha ha. But really look at the depth of it. It's a lie. That's not what's really going on. But that's mm -hmm. the story that your mind has built. And that's because I have to navigate from this spot inside my skin. Yeah. And so I'm naturally trapped in this storyline. This is the same thing with all other shadow. We create this blueprint of our reality, and now all the reality lines up with it so that I can make meaning of my world in a way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. This is the work of working on the shadow goes down into that stuff and rewrites those algorithms so that we can see that, oh, the sun does not revolve around me. The world does not revolve around me. This world, matter of fact, I am not. A, most of us in the narc, I feel like we're orphans. We're trying to, we're in battle with it. No, you're not an orphan. How could you be? If I plant a tree and I come back, if I plant a, if I take an acorn raven and I plant that acorn and I come back 10 years from now, what is that acorn going to turn into? A tree. A tree. It's going to turn into an oak tree. Is it going to turn into a baseball bat? <laughs> no. It's not possible, is it? It's not going to turn into a car. It's not going to turn into a dog. It's going to be a tree. You are the same way. If you really connect yourself with the totality of everything, you are right where you need to be having the experience you need to have in the moment you need to have it. It's whether or not I'm driving that experience. Most of the time I'm not. I'm unconscious and all my programming is taking over and I'm just reacting. And if you've got this programming done, if we've dealt with trauma, if we dealt with things, then that programming is going to line me right up with a narcissist so that it lines up with the programming that I've got going on. And now I'm suffering and I'm suffering in a way 
that I don't even know that I'm bringing that suffering on. And again, I'm not trying to victim shame anybody here because I don't know, like, I don't know your trauma. I don't know your pain. I don't have any answers for you, but you have to look and see how your programming is drawing you to this and do the work necessary in the programming and the algorithms so that you get, and when you do that, somehow you see a glimpse of God. Mm -hmm. Somehow. I don't know what it is, but there's God right there. (laughs) That's amazing. This is all the time we have. You need to follow him and connect with him and do his dark, his shadow integration weekends with him just to get more. Cause I know you guys are like still wanting more and more, but that yep. is it. We have That's an app. Time we have today. Yep. Yeah. There's a, there's an app. Tell, tell if you want to go down, yeah. Download the 30 day mental cleanse app. You can pick that up. You don't need to come anywhere. I've got people that I've been training now, but if you go to mastering change, M A S T E R I N G change.com. That'll give you a whole host of resources to get started. And even if that's not it, then look at where you're suffering in your life. Look at those people that annoy you. That's always a good place to start because that annoyance is about you, not about them. Thank Mm. you very much. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate all of your wisdom and sharing all this with us. Thank you very much. I'm deeply honored to bring you this show three times a week. And I'm honored that you show up and listen every time. Every week, we continue to receive your views on the podcast and my book, and it's just beautiful, so beautiful, I have to share it with you. Shout out to Kira Noche, life-saving. They seem so self-centered, manipulative, and just plain mean when you look at a narcissist objectively, but the truth is we are all vulnerable to their charms, and once we're caught in their web, it can be very hard to break free. This book was a game changer for me. It helped me to understand how I got caught up with my narcissist in the first place. And it showed me how to break free from their control. If you're struggling in a relationship with a narcissist or if you're trying to recover from one, I highly recommend this book. Thank you so much, Kira Noche, for that review. You can't start in your next chapter if you're rereading the last one. This is just one of the many beautiful spark reminders that I've drafted for you to receive every week. If you wish to receive sparkle reminders just like this, sign up to get this gift every Saturday into your inbox in the link in the show notes. And also the bonus when you first sign up is you will receive the How to Draw Powerful Boundaries workshop that isn't actually just about boundaries. There's a lot of spiritual healing in there for your soul as well. You can follow me at Instagram, reach out, say hello, share with me how you're doing at Raven Scott Show. I am here for you perpetually on Instagram and this podcast. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. See you next episode. Losing time, I'm fading fast. I just want to make it last. Try to let go of the past. I close my eyes and praise the Everything finds me at the perfect time. Madvi is helping people clear emotions, trapped cords, and subconscious beliefs every day through the emotion code. She is amazing. I'm personally working with her on my relationship refocus uh, after I've completed my abundance clearing. And my God, it does it, is it working? It is so working and it's so amazing. I'm clearing out things like I feel safe to express my thoughts and feelings with my partner. I'm clearing out old 
connections, disappointments, trapped emotions from way back into my childhood with my sibling. And so if you have not connected with her, you must just try. Just have a conversation with her, 30 minutes free Q&A of like, what is the emotion code and how can this help me? And give it a try. It's free. So connect with her in the link in the show notes at www.modvi.ca. Are you looking for ways to heal your heart from trauma? I am honored to be a guest on another Trauma to Triumph Summit hosted by a completely different person, Patrice Pugh, and she has a personal experience of trauma. She was held at gunpoint by her own son, who is now incarcerated, and she is making her tragic and so horribly sad story into gold, and she's helping others heal through trauma. This is a 14-day online summit. You can do at the leisure of your own timing and in the comfort of your own home. From November 28th through December 11th, Patrice Pugh is taking you through different topics of how trauma does not define you, going from survivor to thriver, taming the bullying between your ears, and what I'm sharing is five stages of forgiveness. The best part is it's totally free. So get your free ticket for the Trauma to Triumph Summit today in the link in the show notes. I want to take a moment and invite you to Think Unbroken Conference. That's right. Our next conference is happening right around the corner this December with amazing speakers from around the world who are leaders in personal development, trauma education, mindset, and more. All you have to do to register to watch for free, that's right, $0, come and join us, is go to myunbrokenlife.com, register and sign up. You can get access to the free event. Watch it live with us this December. It'll be myself speaking along with amazing human beings like Anthony Trucks, Jamie Bronstein, Leslie Logan, and a special interview that I'm doing with Dr. Gabor Mate that has never before been released. So come and join us, myunbrokenlife.com. All you have to do is put in your email. We'll send you over the registration. You'll be able to come and join us, watch live. And then if you want access to the recordings or more information there for you to keep them forever. But in the meantime, go sign up block it off on your calendar. This is going to be a transformational experience that you do not want to miss. Head over to myunbrokenlife.com to register for free. Until next time, be unbroken. Sleepless nights and headaches stack, restlessness to hell and back. What's my purpose? What do I grab? A slippery surface, a heart attack. And sometimes you just gotta believe there's something that'll give you relief. There's something that'll have what you need, what you need. We're broken, it's tragic, we're not all elastic, but maybe there's magic. Believe you could have it, and I know of sadness, the anxious and panic, the infinite vastness of all that.